This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined this week by Dan Gillette and a special guest. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Okay, welcome back to the Behold podcast. After a uh, half week off of sorts last week, we're back at it, and we're grateful that you are listening this week. Uh, this is Sean, and we also have Dan, and as you heard before, we have a special guest speaker today. I'm not going to say his name. I'm just going to let him introduce himself. Go ahead, mister. Tim. Ooh, Tim. It's mysterious. We, uh, he's being a little humble right now, but we, we have the illustrious Reverend Timothy Vance Barley in studio today. Uh, he's the Ryan Seacrest of BBC. <sighs> static, static. <laughs> and uh, man, it is, it is an honor to be in your presence, wow. Tim. Oh, man. Good to, uh, good to see you. Excited to have you on the podcast. I was a, excited before oh, that. Oh, my goodness. He's blushing in here. I wish you guys could see it. I love it. He's all giddy. Uh, no, but yeah. in all seriousness, we are very, very grateful that Tim has chosen to join us this week for the podcast after much coercion. Uh, I'm joking. There wasn't. Um, not at all. So, Dan and Tim, uh, before we get into it, let's just do a little check-in. So, how are your guys' weeks been going? Anything of note has happened to you or your families this week? You go first, Tim. Yeah, so I had a special assignment this week. I delivered a truck to a guy in the military on the East Coast. So, I drove through... Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, oh ended my up goodness. in Georgia. That's crazy. Yeah. It's quite the stretch. It was. It was. And how was it? Did you how did you see God moving in the time and did you have fun? Were you encouraged? What what was it like? It went by so fast. It it, it was amazing. Thousands of miles. Uh I went with the the guy's brother. And so we had wonderful conversations, prayer, meaningful interactions. I did a lot of work when I was a passenger, so it wasn't a vacation at all. Uh, but it was great and got to see how the rest of the nation, well, at least that part of the nation, is coping with everything. And it was all encouraging. I mean, no, no, I didn't go any place that I felt like, well, that's, that's just a bummer. It was just all encouraging. People were kind and banding together and trying to figure things out. And I was, I was excited about it. That's awesome. That's wow. really good. Glad you made it back in one piece and it's good to have you with us. Yeah. For, you know, for me, it's been, it's been a kind of a heavy week and just, just doing my best to process everything that's happening in, in our world and really doing what I can to, to, learn and have tough conversations and to, to look inward and, and really just ask the Lord to, to search my heart, you know, just with regards to, um, what's happening, all the issues that our country's going through and, and just making sure that I am following his lead on that. And 
responding rightly to what we see. And and I know we're going to get into some of that on the podcast, but it's just been, it's been a heavy, like hard week and a lot of really tough conversations. And, um, but I, I'm, I'm filled with, with hope. Um, and when I, when I look into my children's eyes and when I hear what they have to say about everything that's going on. And when I talk to folks from our church family and when I look at God's word and when I'm encouraged by his Holy spirit, I I'm just filled with hope. And I know, I know where things are headed ultimately. And yeah, that's really been, been keeping me, keeping me going, keeping me afloat and pushing me forward. So, uh, so yeah. And I've been thinking a lot about King Jehoshaphat's prayer in second Corinthians or second Chronicles chapter 20. And, uh, you know, all these, this massive armies bearing down on him and he, he's surrounded on all sides and he's praying to the Lord and he, and he just says this simple prayer, uh, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And I've just been echoing that and thinking on that this week and the Lord's been, been meeting me there. So yeah, hanging in there. And thanks for sharing, Dan, and for being for sure. a little bit uh, open with us. I'm sure a lot of people listening can really relate to that. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm an open faced sandwich. You know, <laughs> it's actually my nickname for you. Um, yeah, and then for myself, you know, elements of uh, what you shared, absolutely. You know, I have truth be told, be really been really encouraged this week, um, just through different. Uh, interactions with people or seeing their encouragement has encouraged me in the ways that God's moving in their lives. And also, yeah, I've just been struck by, um, you know, cause not to seem insensitive, but absolutely uh, we're going through trying times and times where a lot of us are really questioning and pondering some of the ways that we think about things or view things. But in that and under that umbrella, man, it has just been so reassuring and comfort bringing to me, just thinking upon God's character and his faithfulness and really his steadfastness for through all generations. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a younger gentleman compared to some. So in my lifetime, there hasn't been that many things that have really shaken the world. Surely there's been some, but not many. Uh, but, you know, just reading through scripture or even just looking at American history and uh, history of Western culture, there's been so many things that have happened that have shaken the world during those different times. And through all of them, God has remained faithful. He's remained steadfast. He's He's worked and people have come to know him. So yeah, in that way, it's kind of a weird dichotomy of like saddened and concerned over our community and our nation, but also uh, personally and like intimately comforted by God. So yeah, a bit of a weird thing, but that's been my week, two weeks or so. Dude, that's awesome. That, yeah. that, that preaches, baby. That's uh that's God's kingdom uh, already, but not yet. And that's the tension we live in. And that's, uh, that's where it's at, man. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. So like I said, we kind of took the week off of sorts last week. So as the two of you and really the three of us have been reading through and taking a look at Romans 13, um, for the last two Sundays, listening to Gary teach on those things, uh, right off the bat, I mean, I got to say, God is so faithful in ordaining those to be the scriptures we'd be going through as a church during this time. Uh, so as you guys were just reading through those and listening to Gary teach, what are some things that immediately stuck out with you or had impact with you and what you're going through? Yeah. Uh, 
for me, just this constant, steady reminder that God is sovereign, that he is a sovereign God. He's sovereign over life. He's sovereign over death. He's sovereign over the weather. Mm-hmm. You know, he's sovereign over, you know, kings and presidents and rulers and, and, and all that. And we don't always think about that, especially with elections and, you know, all the other things that we do. But just the, the, the sovereignty of God is this, is this steady heartbeat that never ceases constantly is is there and and present absolutely and that that's one of the things that i was forced to do i think looking at this text is you have to zoom out a little bit you you have to understand that all of these things that are outlined by paul in this chapter are according to god's design Mm -hmm. and according to his purpose Mm -hmm. and so Man, I feel like that really helps us navigate because if we try to import our ideas or our uh, perspective and we, instead of taking our cues from a sovereign God, then we start to kind of um, distort what Paul has laid out for us here. And that overarching theme that God is sovereign and all of this is is happening according to his purpose, e- even though we can't see, like, it's a, it's a mystery to us sometimes. And sometimes it seems like, God, why are you allowing this to happen? Like, are you winning? Are you still, like, are you still on the throne? Like, and, and I think God helps us in those questions and in those doubts. But when we zoom out a little bit and we remember who God is and what he's up to, and we remember, like you should, said, Sean, his faithfulness, it really helps us navigate. It's a great overarching principle. Yeah, just uh, Daniel, you know, was a POW, you know, uh, in the Babylonian Empire. And in, and in uh, chapter 2, around verse 20, 21, he makes this statement that is startling. Uh, He says, wisdom, and and talking about God, wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. Wow. So just this reminder of of what we're talking about, the sovereignty of God in the midst of whatever it is that we're going through. It's good. Yeah. And and I I know that there's, that there, throughout human history and, and even now, there's there are authorities that um, that we don't agree with, that we don't condone everything that they do. Mm. And um, obviously there's a lot of terrible things that have been done by governments. Um, but Paul addresses, you know, some of the functions that God, some of the ways that God wants to use governments, even, even evil or, or ungodly governments and authorities. And... He he really gives us some hard things to walk in uh, to to voluntarily place ourselves under the authority of of those that, that he's established in verses five and seven. I mean, that's that's a hard thing to do. That that's a that's a really that's a gut check for us, especially I think right now when when um, we see what what's the misuse of some of those authorities, and um, man. Submission is 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 hard, but it but it's God's it's God's way. 
Um, yeah. And I don't know, Sean, how have you been navigating that? Like that from, from, uh, from the perspective that Paul is calling us to. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting. Um, in processing that and thinking about that, obviously, of course, with everything going on right now, um, because everyone's, everyone's going to read that section and respond differently. Uh, everyone already has a tendency towards a certain direction on the spectrum of like rule follower or free spirit, you know, like <laughs> yeah, Dan, you and exactly. I are really different in this way. I'm like, in some ways, like a goody two shoe when it comes to following like obscure, non-important rules. And sometimes you're like, forget that business, you know, <laughs> yeah. dude, Hey, you're calling me out, but it's true. It's true. No, no, it's I'm, true. A, I'm no. a rebel at heart, sadly. <laughs> and many, many are the same as you and many are the same as me. But as we, as we read those things, it's going to hit us differently. Um, and so on one hand, for me personally reading that it's a bit easier, I think to say, well, yeah, I can submit to authorities, even if I don't agree with them for God's purposes, but it does make you question like, well, what, when then are the moments that you need to not do that? You know, where, when are the moments that even though God tells us he's put, he's instituted those things for his glory. Uh, when are those moments where I have to break from my tendencies and, and do what God calls us to, which is defy those authorities. And luckily Paul tells us about that. Do you want to talk about that, Dan? Yeah. So, and, and Gary did a great job reviewing like in his review this week of last week, he gave us some specific examples. What you're talking about, Sean, like, like there's a line in the sand where, where we we're going to be submissive to the authorities that God has established so long as they're not in conflict with what God has, has laid out for us as members of his kingdom. So first and foremost, we are citizens of heaven Right, we're we're American citizens for sure, and we're Californian residents, oh, and yeah. <laughs> and uh, and we we have uh, a responsibility according to this text to to um, obey those authorities. But first and foremost, we are citizens of heaven, and if there's ever a conflict between those two, we know where our allegiance lies. And Gary gave us some a couple of great examples in the New Testament. Peter, uh, Peter was ordered, Peter and his crew were ordered to stop preaching the gospel in Acts. And did they, did they obey that, uh, authority? No, they absolutely did not, did not. Um, also Tim just talked about Daniel in the old Testament. Um, there, you know, he was, he was required to, to, um, to, to, to pray only to these, these false gods. And, and Daniel said, no way, I'm only praying to the, to the one true living God. So there, there are some great precedents for us and some great examples for us. And one thing that I would love to talk about too is, is Jesus's attitude towards the government. And I think it's really popular right now for, for people um, to, to focus on Jesus's compassion towards the needy and the oppressed and the marginalized and, and to, um, to miss the, the, the bigger purpose of Jesus's ministry. Certainly he miraculously and personally entered into people's pain and suffering. And he, with action, made a difference in people's lives. Would you guys agree? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he wasn't blind to human suffering or injustice, but his primary mission was to establish a kingdom. And you can read about it in lots of different places. I was just looking at Mark chapter one. Um, you know, Jesus, Jesus said, um, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. 
repent and believe in the gospel as he, as he was going out to, to start his earthly ministry. And we see all throughout the gospels where Jesus is constantly teaching about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. And he helped people in a physical way uh, along, along his mission, but his ultimate mission w- was not to reform uh, social structures or to overthrow a government or to make everything right in, in a physical, temporal way. Jesus is playing the long game. He is kingdom-minded. And we have to be kingdom-minded too in all of these things. Um, and that's been a, a, a huge takeaway for me this week. Man, I think that's so fitting, especially just with Paul's flow in Romans 13. Because you know, he starts off by addressing the authorities and our obligation to obey them and, of course, when not to. But then he jumps in verse 8 into, to me, a, a focusing of really why that is. Like you just said, Dan, Jesus didn't come to, to throw down governments, but he came to establish his kingdom and to love people. And and Paul tells us in verse uh, 9, Romans 13, that commandment of you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And there's a quote, I, I was reading um, an article on Desiring God about the, the Good Samaritan parable, which we can get to in a second. Um, but I really appreciated this quote by uh, G.K. Chesterton, who says, we can make our friends, we can make our enemies, but God makes our next door neighbor. The, the scriptural language showed so sharp a wisdom when it spoke, not of one's duty towards humanity, but one's duty towards one's neighbor. The duty towards humanity may often take the form of some choice, which is personal, or maybe it's even pleasurable for us, but we have to love our neighbor because he's there. A much more alarming reason for a much more serious operation. This is the sample of humanity that God has given to us before us. And as I was reading that and thinking about that, I was like really struck and thinking, man, that really hits home with me because I'm sure like you guys and a lot of other people, society is, is really uh, changing right now. There's a lot of, a lot of, it's really buzzed. Society's buzzed right now. And mm. we're thinking a lot about social structures and fixing the system and all that stuff. But it's a humbling reminder to me of, man, what is God's intention for us as his sons and daughters right now? Absolutely. We should mourn for things that are wrong and we should seek justice, of course. But our heart and our goal, our primary heart and goal shouldn't be to fix humanity. It should be to love the person that God's put in front of me, in my community, in my neighborhood, all those things. So yeah, just in, in that vein, Dan, I found that personally uh, just convicting, but also kind of encouraging knowing like, I know you mentioned kind of earlier uh, in this podcast, like, what should I be doing? What do I do? But in some ways it kind of encourages me knowing, man, this is what we can be doing in this in these crazy times as Christians God has given us commands. We can praise him, we can pray to him, and we can love the people around us and, and be a light in that way. Yeah, and you said a great, you said, you said, you know, pri- what's our primary focus? Uh, and there's other things, you know, civic engagement, social, being aware of socially what's happening, being aware of, injust- of injustice, those things aren't bad, but it's not, it, they're, they're secondary right. to, to the kingdom things that God's calling us to do and, and to, to love one another. Um, Tim, what do you think, you know, you've been around Valley for a really long time Mm -hmm. and you have a unique perspective as one of our elders, where, where would you, how would you assess 
the the health of our church body with regards to um, the this issue of of racism and and injustice and um, the marginalized folks like how do we do because because if we believe our our scriptures our New Testament scriptures the church is supposed to be different than the world so the the world is ugly and messed up and it's dealing with all this stuff but in here in this house we're supposed to be doing better. <laughs> and so how, how do you think we're, we're doing? And, and what are some, what are some ways that, that you think you, like that you're encouraged as an elder and some ways that maybe we need to grow? Yeah. Great, great question. You know, f- first of all, always, always room for us to grow and learn. And, and that's something I am so grateful for in, in my identity as a man of God a child of God, I should say, you know, that I am, we are constantly in this process of learning and growing and becoming more like Jesus. You know, you were talking a minute ago, Dan, about, you know, Jesus's perspective. You know, his, his earthly ministry had eternal implications, and, and that is exactly what he intended for us as well. For those of us who have, you know, become his his followers, um, who have you know turned from a life of, of sin and turned to a life of of discipleship. You know that we are living life for what is eternally significant, advancing the kingdom of God. And so we keep we keep hitting that over and over again. You know, and coming back to that. And that's the beautiful part about this discussion. It doesn't matter what the topic may be, whether it's racism, you know, whether it's sex trafficking, whether whatever it may be, we go back to the the, the biblical perspective that that God's given to us to to filter out, you know, the messages that that may have trickled in from from the world, and make sure that we are online, and that's why God has you know provided us with with leaders and teachers and and folks that are constantly reminding us we we need to we need to be aware of what's going on in the world, but we need to live according to the 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 truth the truth of God. One of the you know if we pull the curtains back a bit on Romans thirteen, you know Paul is the author of that book. Paul probably wrote that in the the mid uh, 50 A.D.s, which was a time at uh, 56, 57 A.D., which was the time when uh, Nero was uh, the emperor of of Rome, one of the the most despicable, uh, wicked leaders in in all of human history, particularly when it came to the persecution of Christians, and and yet Paul is telling us. Wow, that's perspective right there. Yeah, he's wow. he, and he and he didn't even mention the man's name, you know. And he's just saying this is what we do, this is how we demonstrate the 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 light, you know, the the love, the truth of God, and and how we address situations. So one of the things I I appreciate so much about our church, and we are we are you know flawed and imperfect, you know. We are a church. Well, you are, Tim. But... True, true, more than anyone else. Me, <laughs> Paul, I'm, I'm vying for Paul's claim to be the worst of all sinners. Okay, okay. it's a competition. Yeah, it is. Uh, but I love how we can constantly, you know, we, we have weeks like this past week, you know, where our heads are just spinning and our hearts are just in it, you know, just, just aching, you know, for what's happening. But we come back and we, we, we come back to the Word of God. We come back to the, the assembly of the believers, even though we're doing that somewhat remotely right now. And we remember nothing's changed. 
Nothing's changed. Our message is exactly the same. You know, we are called to be ambassadors of Christ. You know, we're called to, to you know, in that, Sean mentioned the parable of the Good Samaritan. You know, in, in, that, in that parable, it's interesting. Jesus didn't so much ask, who is your neighbor? He asked how to be a neighbor. And that's the question that's really weighing heavily on us right now. Absolutely. You know, how to be a neighbor, how to how to model this love. So your original question, how do I feel like we're doing a, as a church? You know, it, and and you guys call me out if you think that I'm I'm inaccurate. If I if I ever sensed as as one of the leaders here that there were examples of blatant, you know, racism, a lack of love for anyone because of any reason. We as leaders, we we talk about this all the time. We 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 would call people out. We want to be called out ourselves, and we've tried to create you know an environment here that that mm-hmm. welcomes that because we know it's for the glory of God and for our benefit. We do it we do it in love, but if we see that we 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 speak about it because we're like, folks, the world needs to take their cues from us because we're taking our cues from from our creator from from our heavenly father so if they're not seeing truth flow from our lips and radiate from our lives we have got to make whatever adjustments are necessary well said yeah absolutely and and we're in, we're all in that process and and I can can attest to that that the elders and and my fellow pastors here there, there is a culture of, of, Hey, speak into my life. I don't have this whole thing figured out. And, and we we're learning and evaluating all the time. And we, because we want to, we want to grow. And, um, it's, it's a tough process <laughs> and we're never, God's never finished with us, but we, we wouldn't have it any other way. You know, and we've, we, you've heard me talk about this a million times, both Sean and Dan, you know, uh, went through the high school ministry and they raised me through their time there. Appreciate that, boys. <laughs> but you know, one of the revelations that that you know God provided for me years ago was I, I used to be very defensive when people would come at me saying, "Well, I want to have nothing to do with the church because it's just filled with hypocrites." And my response was, "That's not true." I, you know, <laughs> until one day I stopped. And I, and I looked at, well, what, what is a hypocrite anyway? Well, if a hypocrite is someone who says they believe one thing or says they do one thing but does the opposite, then that's hypocrisy. And I realized, oh, my Lord, I am a hypocrite. You know, but, but the difference is we despise our hypocrisy. It, 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 it sickens us, you know, and we want to become less of a hypocrite each day than we were the day before. I, I want my tip hypocrisy to die. And so that's why we we want to cultivate this, you know, this um, atmosphere, environment, you know, of of putting hypocrisy to death, you know, so that, uh, that we become people who are living the lives according to what we say we, we believe in. So, yeah, I, I, I own it now. Yes, I am a hypocrite, but I'm a recovering hypocrite, nice. you know? Yeah, and that and that really goes right back to to the beginning of of this section in in verse eight. Oh, oh, no one anything except to love each other, because mm-hmm. um, I mean that that is this that sums up all the command the commandments that God has given us is is to love God and to love each other, and 
that is really about that. I mean, that's where everything just begins and ends. Um, and maybe, so maybe we should, I don't know, like talk about some things that we got out of, um, Gary's message this Sunday, just that will help us in being those loving neighbors that, that God's called us to be. Yeah. Tim, I love that phrase. That should be our new motto. We're a church of recovering hypocrites. <laughs> Seriously. Let's get it. Let's get it on some t-shirts. I get a banner. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I totally agree with everything you said, Tim, and I've seen that in our church culture as well. You know, I have not seen or witnessed like blatant racism or anything, but uh, in this section about loving our neighbors, um, it's interesting because on one hand, it's like, well, this is super applicable on the topic of racism. Um, but at the same time, you know, I was speaking with somebody recently about everything going on. And they're, they're Christian man and they're kind of struck and they're like, man, this is so obvious people. Racism is so obviously bad. Why are we even talking about this? It is so obvious that you should not treat someone better or worse based on their skin. Done deal. Bible says so. Yada, yada. Which that may or may not be true. I think it's less obvious for a lot of different situations. But I was thinking about that and I do agree on to some degree like, yeah, racism is an easy thing for me to wrap my head around as far as this is wrong and I, and I know how I should try to not behave in that way. But then when Gary started talking about some other situations like, Oh, our neighbor who doesn't share my view about racism or, Oh, my neighbor who is posting uh, offensive things on social media or whatever it is, that is a lot more, uh, it hit home with me a lot more. It was a lot more convicting because it's less about this black and white thing. Like racism It's more about, man, how am I going to love you? Even though I don't want to, now, how am I going to love on you even though you've offended either me, my my family, my religion, whatever it is? Um, so I'd love to talk about that just a little bit with you guys about if you've seen things like that and how you've uh, prayerfully responded to those things, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I've definitely had that internal struggle too. You know, and one of the, one of the tools that Gary gave us, it's kind of a, just a different way to think about it's, it's an internal question that we ask is, what does this person right in front of me right now, what do they need? What words, actions, heart attitude is going to be most beneficial for this person right now? And he said, we don't, we don't treat people based on what they deserve, but based on what they need. We don't treat people based on what they deserve, but based on what they need. And it's just a gut check that we can ask. We can, we can do some, some internal uh, you know, take stock of our hearts and just say, am I in any situation? Am I, am I treating this person based on their need? Am I loving them in a sacrificial way? And if you think about it, that is the Christian life that it's, it's Jesus's love for us is a substitutionary love. He says, I'm going to give you my life in exchange for yours. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to lay my life down so that you can, ex- you can have a life and in our marriages, in our workplaces, in our, in our neighborhoods, um, on social media, <clears throat> hello, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's our life being laid down for others. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast of just living for others benefit. And it, it is easier said than done. But what I've found is as I look inward and as I reflect and ask God to search my heart, um, he, he really 
through his spirit makes those things known to me. And then we can start to work on them together. And that is maybe one of the, one of the difficulties of this, this fast paced world that we live in. And maybe one of the hidden blessings of this, this lockdown is in a lot of ways, we've, we've been forced to kind of slow down. Now things are ramping up now (laughs) and the, and the challenge is going to, is going to be increased, but, but God's given us a moment to catch our breath and to do some real introspective thought and to really evaluate ourselves along these lines. And, and even just to, to think in, and whether it's towards a person of a different skin color than you, or maybe a person of a different economic background, or, um, maybe someone who has, has a different belief than you, or, I mean, Gary gave the examples of, of like a first responder or a rioter or, you know, a, a troublemaker, a fearful, fearful neighbor, maybe someone who's, who's hypersensitive about COVID-19 and they, they wear a mask everywhere they go and they don't leave their house at all. Um, someone who's different than you, like, are you, um, are you thinking like layers down? Like, am I treating this person differently because of their difference? Um, or am I, am I loving them based on what they need? That's, that's the love that, that Paul is calling us to here. And having, just having that gut check and, and having a prayerful moment, um, all throughout the day as we interact with people, to me, has been really powerful. Just thinking about that, Deej, uh, Ephesians four thirty two, and 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 you have to you have to read it carefully. It's 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 a it's one of those verses that has a stinger, because it's it, Paul writes, "Be kind to one another." Of course, tender hearted, absolutely, forgiving one another. It just sounds so sweet, but the stinger is as as God in Christ forgave you, you punk. Wow, you know, and yeah. it's like you know, okay, own my depravity for a moment here, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, who do I think I am? Who do I think I am to withhold my forgiveness, my mercy, my love from anyone? You know, in spite of my depravity. God still saw fit to pardon me, forgive me, embrace me, adopt me, and and we just need to, and not that we wallow in our depravity, but we, we can't ever forget it. We can't ever forget where we came from, because once we do that, then we we justify, you know, well, well they're, they're just so far gone, and like, so were you. Right. <laughs> Don't right. go there. It's perspective. Yeah, it man. Goes back to, it goes back to perspective. It's a, a lot of the things you've been talking about today, Tim, are, it's like a gospel lens that we put over life. Yeah. And so, so we always view whatever circumstance through this, this understanding that, that we've, been, we've been justified by grace, that we're all broken sinners, needy, poor in spirit, and God has, has welcomed us in. Mm. And I love in, in Galatians at the end of chapter three, he says like, there is no, there is no Greek. There is no Jew. There is, there's no slave or free or even male or female. doesn't matter. We are all one in Christ. And it's, again, it's just this gospel lens. And, and that's why it's so important that we don't just leave the gospel at the moment of conversion 
and say, okay, I got my, I got my, my free gift of eternal life. And, and now I'm, I'm on to the bigger and better things. No, we always constantly go back to remembering the truths of the gospel because it informs the way we live. And so the remembering the truths of the gospel and like one of you mentioned earlier, we're just remembering our purpose in that we are here to give glory to God. That is our existence on this earth until Jesus comes back. So, man, as you're encountering different things in this coming week and the coming weeks and months, really, um, like Dan said, just do a little bit of self-evaluation. Is the way I'm acting, is the way I'm speaking, is this text I'm going to send, the way I'm carrying myself during this protest, whatever it may be, uh, is this giving glory to God? Am Am I more focused on loving my neighbor than on saving humanity or whatever it may be? You know, I think we're getting ready to to land this podcast. Uh, but Dan, I just wanted to ask you, I'm curious. I think a lot of people listening maybe can relate to you in kind of uh, how hard this last couple of weeks have been for you, um, just in, in the context of evaluating yourself and everything going on. So what's what's one like prayer or renewal of the mind type exercise you can tell someone to do uh, to help point them towards these things during their days? The word that comes to mind, and it's something Gary brought up a lot this last week, is is compassion. And if you look at Jesus, it is such a clear and powerful picture of what, what compassion looks like. And so maybe one of the things that folks can can pray for is just to have the same heart as Christ. And to, to think, to, to, to view people with that same compassion. And um, we know that, that Jesus and his words abide in us through the presence of his Holy Spirit. And he's, he is constantly revealing to us the things of Christ to make them real and, and to, to make them stick in our, in our inner man. And so just ask the Holy Spirit to, to really change your heart and give you that heart of compassion. And, and Gary said that, um, real, like Jesus compassion, real biblical compassion is a concern for, for somebody from an eternal point of view. Um, it, 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 Jesus, he entered into people's physical pain for sure, but he was always, he always had the longer view. He always had a, a greater concern for their standing before God. And as we seek to be good neighbors and to love each other, we cannot forget that peace. Otherwise, we're just, we're, we're just falling into, we're falling into a different gospel. We're falling into a social gospel. Um, and there, there's, there's some, there's some uh, serious consequences for, for us if we fall down that, that trap. So, um, yeah, I just think maybe praying and asking the Holy Spirit to, to cultivate in us a heart of compassion like Jesus is. That's so good. Thank you, Dan, for sharing that. Uh, Tim, Mr. Tim Barley, from one recovering hypocrite to another, what's one, <laughs> what's one nugget you want to leave, leave people with or one word of advice for, for Christians in these trying times? Yeah. You know, great time to do something that's really scary and do some honest self-evaluation, but invite other people to also evaluate you as well. Mm. Um, just ask people who, who know you well, who watch you closely, you know, to, to give you some input 
on how you are navigating through life on a fallen earth with humility and grace, particularly in regard to the the current climate, and tell them not to hold anything back. You know, is there something that I do? Is there something that I say that might not be beneficial? Uh, Like Dan was saying, what, what do other people need the most that might not be serving people the way that Christ would want me to serve them, that maybe maybe there's a blind spot and I'm missing it? You know, something that I've done or said all my life that no one's ever called me out on. Um, those kinds of things, but just an honest, self-reflective, you know, evaluation time with self and inviting others to participate in that. It, those are terrifying for a lot of us, but I, I tell you, I, I think some of the most powerful, poignant moments in my life have happened as a result of that. That's amazing, Tim. Uh, I love that you mentioned just bringing others into that. And really, just as a reminder to people, that is what God uses relationships for, for sons and daughters of Christ, to become sanctified and become more like his son, Jesus, which like it or not, it's not an easy process. It hurts sometimes, but we are grown and developed in that. So thank you, Tim, for sharing. Yes, sir. Uh, Okay. I think we are wrapped up for this week's Behold I mean, we love you guys who are listening. We love you all. We are praying for you constantly. Uh, No matter where you land on the current issues, no matter whether you are someone who is totally at peace with everything or someone who is totally freaking out, just know that we are here for you guys. We're praying for you. We're here for you. And we really have a heart for our church family with everything going on. All right, guys, man, thank you for joining us. We hope that this has been encouraging for you. And as always, more than anything, we hope that this discussion and uh, our own recovering hypocrisy process has helped you to behold the glory of Jesus in your life. Could I just say one last thing? Please Please. do. You guys are the coolest podcasters ever. Wow. I'll take it. That's a a, a mic drop moment right there. I don't know how many podcasts Tim listens to. I don't know what the reference bar is at. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Tim. I'll take it. I'll take it. We are honored that you are with us this week, and we hope that it is the first of many. Me too. You don't have much of a choice about it. Sorry. (laughs) that's right alright guys thanks for listening we will uh, see you next week bye bye thank you for listening be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold if you would like more information about Valley Bible Church or if you'd like resources from this episode go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold catch you guys next week